3: Recorded live.
4: You're listening
3: to the JAM Radio Network with Minister
5: Kenneth Jenkins.
6: Happy
7: day.
6: Oh, a happy day.
8: Good morning, just here early morning, gotcha program, Morning Spiracious, on this midweek Wednesday.
2: generation of the upright will be blessed wealth and riches are in their houses and their righteousness endures forever even in darkness light dawns for the upright for those who are gracious and compassionate and righteous good will come to those who are generous and lend freely who conduct their affairs with justice surely the righteous will never be shaken they will be remembered forever they will have no fear of bad news their hearts are steadfast trusting in the lord Their hearts are secure. They will have no fear. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Their horn will be lifted high in honor. The wicked will see and be vexed. They will gnash their teeth and waste away. The longings of the wicked will come to nothing.
7: Thank you.
8: 20 minutes, 20 minutes past the hour.
7: Our
8: morning prayer is coming up, so stay tuned. This is Marvin Sapp.
7: and really he walked in a room.
0: This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
3: It's now time for our morning prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning saying thank
8: you. Thank you for one more day. Thank you for one more chance. Thank you, Lord, for being there for us all night long with your angels kept about around us, and we just say thank you. Bless us, O oh Lord. Guide us, protect us. Cover with your wings. We just want to say thank you. Lord, so remember those right now in nursing homes and hospitals everywhere, those behind prison walls. Lord, so remember those right now who are homeless, those right now who don't know you're in the part of their sins. Lord, so bless them, Lord.
3: Touch their lives, Lord. And we just want to say thank you And we just
8: say thank you for, just for life.
3: Thank you, Lord, for sustaining us. Now remember those right now
8: who are men and women in armed forces everywhere. Lord, we ask you to bless our country. Our government, our president, vice president, members of the Senate, members of the House, every mayor, every
3: uh, every councilman and alderman, we thank you, Lord. We pray that they make the right decisions. Lord, we ask you to bring peace in Ferguson, Missouri, and other cities that are going through racial tensions in our country. Lord, bless our family, our friends, our church family, and our
8: neighbors, Lord. We say thank you
3: for all your many, many blessings. Lord, bless the talk to you, family, our audience, and the participants of our program. Mr. a servant who's trying to do your will, Lord. Strengthen me, Lord. We say thank you. We ask all these blessings in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask you to, to touch
8: Vanessa, Lord. Strengthen her, Lord.
3: That her mind, Lord, is her, ask us in Jesus' name,
8: amen, and amen. Jan Radio Productions at Outlook.com, that's Jan Radio Productions at Outlook.com. We'll be back with more of your favorite gospel and inspirational music right here.
9: the future hold for the United States? Some economists claim that the U.S. is financially sound. Others claim we're headed for bankruptcy. Are most people experiencing the fulfillment of the American dream, or are we watching our liberties slowly eroding? Is our society entering a wonderful time of tolerance, or as some religious leaders proclaim, are we sliding into a moral abyss? These are the headlines. In a moment, we're going to look at the important news behind the headlines.
1: Welcome to the Good News Program, presented by the publishers of the Good News Magazine. The Good News doesn't try to cover up today's problems. This is a program that dares to look at today's dilemmas and ask the questions that must be asked. It seeks the answers that must be found, answers that can only be discovered from the pages of your Bible. Please join Gary Petty for a discussion of today's Good News subject.
9: The United States is at a pinnacle of economic and military power. Yet many Americans are experiencing a vague anxiety that something is wrong. Is the U.S. headed into economic boom or bust? Society is moving away from a Judeo-Christian worldview to secular humanist ideas and values. In this time of social change, it seems like all traditions and norms of behavior are questioned. What is the future of America? Today we're joined by Larry Greider author of America, Renewal or Ruin, Will America Survive the 21st Century? Larry, thanks for being with us today.
10: Well, Gary, it's a great honor to join you today to discuss some great uh, areas of importance to all Americans and Christians. You know, at any time in our nation's history,
9: a person could study the society, the government, the religious trends, and then sort of map out the future. I mean, if someone had been around in 1830, they could have begun to predict what was going to happen in the 1840s, 1850s. Uh, Any time in history you could do that. Now, in your book, you attempt to look into America's future based on current trends. You see the United States at an important and even dangerous crossroads where our very survival is at stake.
10: Well, America is indeed at a major crossroads, as many scholars have noted. America has been blessed in many significant ways. A colleague of mine recently was commenting on God blessed America, referring to that as kind of a past event. In 1863, Abraham Lincoln said at best, as far as I can tell, when he said, and I quote, we have been the recipients of the choicest blessings of heaven. Well, today we are witnessing a post-Christian movement that wants to take God out of politics and education in the marketplace. So this is a dangerous direction from my perspective, if indeed we are a favored nation given blessings and protection from above. You know, even the recent uh, political elections recognized a cultural war is underway here in America. Perhaps the vast majority of Americans are not yet ready to jettison the values that once made us great. You know, what do you see as the, the greatest dangers that face the United States today? Well, Good question. Uh, perhaps it's apathy. Uh, Os Guinness once said Americans with purely a secular view of life have too much to live with and too little to live for. We are certainly becoming a nation that is prosperous and perhaps oblivious to the major changes going on in the world. America today is a debtor nation, and our society is under stress at every turn. While I feel the vast majority of Americans are resistant to changes in our longstanding traditions, there is a growing trend to allow the vocal minority to change the landscape of our country. And we used to be proud that we were a nation, quote, under God and boasted, in God we trust. Well, I wonder if these statements are taken that seriously today. The challenge of having the Ten Commandments in prominent places and government buildings certainly was a wake-up call to some who didn't realize some of the great struggles that are going on here in America.
9: Well, would you go as far to state that the, sort of the moral and religious crisis facing our nation is even more serious than an outside threat, even the threat of terrorism?
10: Well, that has been true, Gary, of almost all great civilizations in the past, that sometimes it's the internal struggles that really bring the nation down. After less than three centuries, our population seems to have forgotten the culture that shaped uh, our founding dogmas. The search for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is a quest that carried a much different connotation in a world that held God and community sacrosanct. Today, these same platitudes are translated to mean ease, self-expression, unbridled carnality. Will a nation that forgets its origins, or more specifically, forgets its God, be able to thrive? We have pressure from a very conservative Middle East, where
2: militant Muslims
10: feel that God and country need to be more closely tied together. Our country, on the other hand, whose founding was based heavily on a desire to worship God without restraint, has separated church and state. To some, this means the state should not consider God at all. How different this view is from what was originally intended. You know, in reading your book, it's it's interesting. One chapter
9: in America, Renewal or Ruin, you deal with the approach to no religion, or I'm sorry, the approach to religion by many of the founding fathers, uh, and how that has changed. I mean, 250 years later, the way the average person views religion in this country and you know, what we think the founding fathers believed is quite different than what they actually
10: believed, isn't it? The revisionist historians have actually espunged a great deal of what the founding fathers believed and taught and actually what they even said. Although there is a quote by John Adams that I think is, is, is very important to hear. He said, and I quote, the general principles on which the fathers achieved independence were the general principles of Christianity. Well, I find that fascinating, that of all the groups congregating in the New World, a special band of brothers were able to so convincingly craft a vision so recognizable and acceptable for the Americans. It is inspiring that their vision still reverberates today among millions who trace their success to the values and the inspiration that came from that Bible. John Adams believed that the Fourth of July should become a religious holiday, day, as he said, when God's hand in deliverance was remembered in a day of religious activities when men would commit themselves to him in solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. Well, few today would have such confidence in the purpose and reason for the advent of the United States of America. You know, today, as I said, we lionize the men, but we don't want to hear their words, and we repackage American history into hot dogs, ball games, and fireworks at You know, it was amazing until I read your book. I didn't
9: realize that John Adams actually wanted to make it a religious holiday. How different it is today. It's
1: just amazing. What is America's future? We'll be back with author Larry Greider right after this. Where is the world headed? Does Bible prophecy give us any answers? In You Can Understand Bible Prophecy, you'll discover what the Bible says about where the world is headed. Learn the major themes of Bible prophecy and God's overall plan for humanity. For your free copy, call right now, 1-800-966-9232. In our free booklet, You Can Understand Bible Prophecy, you can discover the truth of this surprising message, 1-800-966-9232. Have you had about all the bad news you can take? Maybe you could use some good news. The Good News is a full-color, bi-monthly magazine that brings you the best news you can hear, and always from a biblical perspective. All literature on this program is provided free as an educational service in the public interest by the United Church of God. It is absolutely free, and there is no charge or obligation. Simply call 1-800-966-9232. The magazine is free. The contents are priceless. The number again is 1-800-966-9232. Or visit us on the web at www.ucg.org.
9: We're back with author and pastor Larry Greider discussing his book, America, Renewal or Ruin. Uh, You know, Larry, it seems that you can't hear a political speech by any candidate on any subject from any party that doesn't mention America's need to renew our values. I mean, it's become a catchphrase for everyone who wants an audience. Uh,
10: Is America
9: in a real values
10: crisis? Yes, it is, Gary. And I'm not the only uh, author to have noted that. There's a tremendous genre of material out there. I have a whole collection of books that say about the same thing. Morris Berman wrote in his book The Twilight of American Culture, and I think the title kind of indicates where he's coming from, He reiterates his case about America's cultural shift when talking about the historical processes we are witnessing is a convoluted one because it's all of these points of civilizational collapse. It is a strangely energetic kind of collapse. Money and vitality and new enterprise circulate in American culture at an astonishing speed, and if a handful of so-called elitists want to point out that it's mostly kitsch and hype, What's that to Wall Street or Madison Avenue or you know, the crowds at the Cineplex? One could, in other words, argue that in the case of the ancient Rome, the collapse really did look like a collapse. But in our case, it looks kind of uh, like a renewal. And in terms of the overall globalization process, what we are seeing can perhaps be more accurately described as a large-scale transformation. But my question is a uh, transformation to what? A superficial vitality is hardly the same thing as a healthy culture. I thought maybe I would even illustrate that by uh, comparison. seems like uh, Americans love to go to the movies, and often you can uh, mark the culture by how movies uh, treat their subject. In uh, 1952, Gary Cooper won the uh, Academy Award for the best actor for his portrayal of the U.S. Marshal in High Noon, whether you ever saw that One of my movie. favorite movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, 40 years later... Another movie was uh, was produced from the same script, or the same materials, called Unforgiven. And it won four Academy Awards, including the best picture. And notice this. High Noon opens in the morning sunshine with a wedding. Unforgiven opens in the night rain in a brothel. High Noon starts with a kiss. Unforgiven with a slashing of a prostitute. Will Kane, the hero of High Noon, is the U.S. Marshal, if you remember, Will uh, Mooney, the hero of Unforgiven, is a reformed killer, and alcoholic, reduced to pig farm. High noon is set in the town of Hadleysville, Unforgiven in a town called Big Whiskey, whose sheriff, Little Bill, is a sadist. High noon ends with order restored. Unforgiven ends essentially as it opens in the dark and rain and sorrow and violence with anarchy ascendant. High Noon was about physical bravery, moral courage, about overcoming fear and fatigue, about doing the right thing no matter what the cost. Unforgiven was about weakness and revenge. You know, it, it here's a whole other program we have to do sometime on
9: how movies and television both reflect society, but also they change society. There's, a, there's two things happening. they One, reflect, but two, they also change. And when you study film. You can see that over the years, how it reflects and it changes. But uh, I want to back step just a little bit here, and maybe just for, to define what you mean in your book by values. So because you know, the word values has become
10: to mean almost anything. So what do you mean by values in your book? Well, I mean a value in the context of biblical teaching. The Bible was always the final arbiter of almost any argument. Truth and value, meaning that which was stated clearly in the Bible is that which is good and wholesome and right and pure and true, those were the standards known and expected by Americans. Even the late Senator uh, Daniel Patrick Moynihan wrote, quote, the amount of deviant uh, behavior in American society has increased beyond the levels the community can afford to recognize and that accordingly we have been redefining deviancy so as to accept much conduct previously stigmatized and also quietly raising, quote, normal." levels in categories where behavior is now abnormal by an earlier standing. Well, this is a terrible condemnation to any populace, especially one whose heritage was founded on reliance of God's truth. You know if it really we're actually to the place where even the word normal is considered
9: somehow evil or the word deviant is considered that's an in- intolerant word, uh, the acceptance that uh, there is such thing as deviancy is considered intolerant. Um, how much, uh, how much has public education, the
10: public educational system, contribute to this values crisis?
2: An amazing amount. And
10: again, I think it is important for us to go back and, and, and remember what it used to be like. In, in the sense, I know we can't always go back, you know, two or three hundred years, but most people forget that most colleges that were founded in America were for the purpose of training ministers. With the exception of the University of Pennsylvania, some branch of a Christian church established every collegiate institution founded in the colonies prior to the Revolutionary War, including Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Dartmouth, Columbia, William & Mary, Rutgers, Brown University, and the list goes on. Today, the push is on to remove God from the classroom. And the results, I think, are obvious who, for anyone who wants to take a look.
9: Now, in your book, you take a rather dim view of the entertainment industry. And I wanna talk about that even now and, and into the next segment. How has the, the entertainment industry contributed to this
10: crisis of values? Well, if I can, I'm not the only one to notice that. I even remember hearing you on an, another uh, broadcast uh, quoting Judge Robert Bork uh, in his book Slouching Towards Gomorrah, and he has a section there on entertainment. He said uh, performers of rap music, not that we listen, with giving myself away, but I don't listen to much of that, but he said uh, performers of rap music don't just sing about criminals, some of them are criminals, which he says does not seem to diminish their popularity. Well, since we were talking about movies, I, I couldn't help but think of another movie Made back in 1940, a classic Gone with the Wind. I'm sure most people remember that. Remember when uh, Red Butler was talking angrily to Scarlett O'Hara and he appeared without a shirt and also used a word. And I imagine everybody listening to this knows exactly what that word was. Well, the audience was shocked. This epic movie about the Civil War was considered controversial because of the one word and the missing item of clothing on Mr. Butler. Well, today, nudity or partial nudity is normal, and the use of expletives is so commonplace that some characters would have nothing to say if curse words were deleted. Well, today's celebrity status seems to give a pass to the rich, famous, or highly recognizable people who make millions in the entertainment industry. they be uh, sports figures or actors or recording artists, If you're famous, you get to do whatever you want, and your opinion seems to matter to a large group of people. In reality, true values are true because they work for the greater good, whether you like them or not.
9: I'm going to continue this
10: discussion about the entertainment industry.
9: First, we have to take a break and tell people how to get their free copy of You Can Understand
1: Bible Prophecy. Where is the world headed? Today's headlines are filled with troubling news. War, famine. Natural disasters, new and baffling diseases, environmental catastrophes, and governmental scandals. The litany of suffering, tragedies, and bad news is relentless. Where is the world headed? Does Bible prophecy give us any answers? In You Can Understand Bible Prophecy, you'll discover what the Bible says about where the world is headed. Learn the major themes of Bible prophecy and God's overall plan for humanity. Find out why the world is in the condition it's in and what it means for you. For your free copy, call right now, 1-800-966-9232. In our free booklet, You Can Understand Bible Prophecy, you can discover the truth of this surprising message Jesus Christ brought. There is no cost or obligation, one 966 9232
9: Larry, in the last segment we were talking about the entertainment industry. In your book, you make a point that there is a difference, and I, I found this very interesting. There's a difference between celebrities and
10: heroes. Now, what do you mean by that? Well, that's, a, that's another very good question because uh, I guess a hero is somebody you look up to. Peter Gibbon has a book called A uh, Call to Her- Heroism, and he made a point in that book uh, back in the 1920s. He, his thesis is that America began to turn away from traditional heroes, began looking up to entertainers. They came to believe, meaning the Americans around the turn of the century, that to be young and beautiful is better to be old and wise and that sexuality lurks behind all behavior and that living for the moment is preferable to planning for the future. Or today celebrities are omnipresent. They give the news, they sell products, they comment on world affairs and endorse politics or are a politician. Interesting that Reader's Guide to Periodical Literature lists 12 articles under the heading of, quote, celebrities between 1955 and 1960. Well, between 1995 and the year 2000, over 1,000 were listed. You probably realize that People magazine has a higher circulation than
0: Newsweek,
10: and Forbes magazine reports a multi-billion dollar industry for celebrity collectibles at Sotheby's. And, and it is interesting that um, how much
9: credence people give to someone just because they have a pretty face and they can act. And uh, actors, you go back 100 years, actors were people with uh, basically a poor reputation in society.
10: Um, and sometimes they can't even yeah. act. <laughs>
9: that's true, too. Now, many historians are already calling contemporary America a post Christian uh,
10: society. Do you think that's an accurate assessment of the U.S. today? Well, there is no doubt that we live in a postmodern world, just by the definition of what that means. But that doesn't mean everybody becomes or believes in postmodernism, which is kind of a philosophy. However, more and more are being fed the ideas that there are no absolutes and that our personal feelings are more important than what God or the Bible might reveal.
9: Now, in your book, you talk about, you use the term societal unraveling. So explain what
10: you mean by this unraveling. Well, unraveling just simply refers to something coming apart. The sad part for here in our country is that this has been happening in America slowly since the 1900s, and many have not realized the loss of values that were once considered so American. For for example, thrift or hard work or ingenuity, and especially reliance on God and a respect for the teachings of the Bible. Well, Benjamin Franklin wrote to the uh, president of Yale University, Ezra Stiles, back in 1790, and was trying to rehearse his creed, and he said this, I believe in one God, the creator of the universe, that he governs it by his providence, that he ought to be worshipped, that the most acceptable service we render to him is in doing good to his other children. And as to Jesus of Nazareth, Benjamin Franklin said, I think the system of morals and his religion, as he left them to us, is the best the world ever saw or is likely to see. I wonder, Gary, if this is the sentiment or creed of the majority of Americans today. You end your book asking a question after
9: you discuss all this unraveling that's happening in our society. You, you, you ask a question What can we do? What can each individual do? How do you
10: answer your own question? Well, change has to happen one person at a time. I mean, each of us has an opportunity in our land, which offers us liberty and freedom, which is the dream of millions around the world, to use our time and this privilege of freedom to remember our beginnings. You know, our nation was founded by people. Believed in God and credited God for the miracles that formed one of the most amazing nations in history. Abraham Lincoln, remember, had a proclamation back in 1863 asking for a nationwide day of fasting and prayer. You know, as pastors and parents or individuals are listening to this broadcast, we all need to stand up for the true values and not surrender to the mandate of those who want to remove God from our schools or our way of life. This is a time not unlike the struggle that another generation faced over 200 years ago. Theirs was basically
9: political, um, economic, although there was some religious uh, aspects to it. This is even more foundational uh, as far as the survival of civilization. Certainly,
10: and I, I think it's sad that many are unaware of the fact of cause and effect. If we are great because of our blessings, from Almighty God, and we have an obligation to revere him, to worship him, and to live our lives to be a credit to what he's given us, then we're in deep trouble because we're kind of throwing out the most important part of the foundation of our country, our reverence for the great God.
5: You're listening to the CHAM Radio Network with Minister
3: Kenneth Jenkins,
5: Looking for the little morning inspiration? Well, listen to Morning Inspiration and the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. And hey,
8: good morning to you yours. Because the only one that got the program, Morning Sperocious on this midweek Wednesday. Good morning. Time to wake up, everybody.
0: Jenkins.
4: I want the people to know that it saved my soul,
7: but I still
6: like to listen to the radio. They say the rock and roll is wrong, we'll give you one more chance. They feel so good, I gotta get up and dance. I know what's right, I know what's
7: right.
0: they're driving me insane, i am played out long to make room for my
6: brain, but sometimes people don't understand what a young boy doing in a rock
7: and roll band, there's nothing wrong with playing.
8: Okay, good morning to you and yours. Thanks for listening and tuning in to your Early Morning Gospel program.
7: We We're walk We're walking,
8: Oh yeah. We're gonna continue with more of Twilight Paris. And he is exalted. Good morning to you and yours. This is the Early Morning Gospel program. Morning. Inspirations on Talk Shoe and Jam Radio.
0: This is Morning Inspiration with Minister Kenneth
5: Jenkins.
0: This entire piece of music is played with only two instruments, a right hand and a left hand. Hands can do incredible things, but nothing compares to using them to help save a life with hands-only CPR. If an adult suddenly collapses, call 911, then push hard and fast in the center of their chest until help arrives. Hands-only CPR is recommended by the American Heart Association, and it's incredibly easy and effective. Find out more about this latest method of CPR at handsonlycpr.org. The power to help save a life is in your hands. A message from the American Heart Association and the Ad Council.
1: Looking for a lift? Experience a seed from the sore with Michael Guido of Metter, Georgia.
0: A London church bears this sign. Not everyone who attends this church is converted. Watch your handbags. Some church members profess one thing but practice another. But when one becomes a Christian, he never forgets the reverence due to God, the rights due to man, and the respect due to self. The Christian life is no mere church going, hymn singing, escape from the obligations of life. It's real, and it shows its influence in your life. The Bible, in describing a Christian, says he keeps his promise even if it ruins
1: him. For your free copy of Dr. Guido's daily devotional, Feeds from the sore, write The sore Metter, Georgia, 304-39. Visit
2: us on the web at thesower.com. I'm in the car next to you on the highway. I sit in front of you on the bus. I'm one out of every six Americans, and I'm struggling with hunger. This isn't an uncontrollable epidemic. There's enough food in this country to feed every hungry person. Please. Visit FeedingAmerica.org today and find your local food bank. Every dollar you donate helps provide seven meals for those around you quietly struggling with hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad
0: Council.
5: Hey, churchgoers. Looking for the little morning inspiration? Well, listen to Morning Inspiration and the Jam Radio Network with Minister Dennis Jenkins.
8: same. Sunday, Sunday morning, we'll be, we'll be back on the air at uh, 6 a.m. And Sunday night, Nation Talk will be back on the air. That's two of the programs that, that we air here on Talk to NJR Radio. Hopefully, you will get a chance to tune in and call in. Uh, he'll talk to you in Jam Radio. Here's Forever Jones and Heaven. Good morning.
6: It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And at the end of the day, the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. Studies prove that reading to a child regularly dramatically improves reading skills. And kids who read well by third grade are four times as likely to graduate. So United Way is asking you to make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Communities improve. The path to success starts long before graduation day, and the difference between a graduate and a dropout could be you. Be a reader, tutor or mentor. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org now. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council.
0: Cover, Wisconsin is known for its luxury hotel, upscale restaurants, gardens, art museums, and a stunning lakeside golf. How interesting, then, that this village was built for immigrant workers at the Kohler Company, known for its innovative bath fixtures. Walter J. Kohler believed his workers deserved not only wages, but roses as well. He built them homes, school, a meeting hall, and with the designers of New York Central Park, he added beautiful gardens. One of the nation's first planned communities remains one of its finest. This is Howard Butt, Jr. of Laity Lodge. Walter Kohler didn't stop at safe working conditions and adequate wages. He knew that souls also need beauty. All three contribute to the high of our daily work.
9: For more information, visit ourdailywork.org.
8: Well, that's going to do it for yours truly until
9: Friday
8: morning, TTIS Friday. For more of the very best in gospel inspirational music, join me then. God bless you and have a wonderful and blessed day.
7: I'm
11: forgive me and tonight I open my heart and I invite you into my life to be my Savior and my Lord. I believe Jesus you are the Son of God. I believe you died for me to pay the price for all the wrong things that I've committed against God against man. I believe that on the third day, by the power of God, you were raised from the dead as living proof that my trust in you tonight is not in vain. I believe that as Christ was raised from the dead, so tonight, Almighty God, you are raising me from the dead. From the The death death of of sin, you are giving me a new life, the The life life of Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. Oh God, on my testimony testimony, and the the belief in my heart, and according to your word, at at this this moment, I believe, I am saved, I am saved, I am
5: Oh, let me ask you, friends, in closing tonight, have you done this? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you come to that obedience of faith? Have you come to that place of true repentance and true faith? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? Are you trusting alone tonight in Jesus Christ for your salvation? For there is no other way, there is no other message. For there is, no other there is no other way, there is no other message. Oh, come to Him. Come to the Savior tonight. Come to Him just as you are. Come to Him in your sin. Come to Him in all your needs. And cast yourself upon His mercy and upon His infinite grace. Cast yourself upon his early and upon his infinite grace. and cast yourself wholly you totally to him and you too will enter into that joy of sins forgiven, peace with God, and eternal abundant life through Jesus Christ
4: our Lord. How Can I say thank things you have done for me, things so undelayed, you gave your very life for the
7: voice
9: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group void. we prohibited by
3: law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.